0: Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host. If you are new here, welcome. I'm so glad that you found us. And on this podcast, we talk about five main topics faith, finances, health, marriage, and mindset. And basically, we're just working on becoming 1% better every single day. Day, whatever that looks like in any of those areas. And if you have been around here for longer than a minute, you know, finances is one of my most favorite things to talk about. I am a financial coach. I work with families and women to create a good budget that works for them in the season that they're in. And we do this 90 day coaching together. I also have my signature money mindset course called Entrusted with Her Finances. And that is like a powerhouse of a money mindset course. And so today, I am sharing a training I did for Girl Power Alliance, and it is about four ways that you can improve your budget. And so you're going to hear a little bit of um, mention of Girl Power Alliance. You're going to hear a little bit of a mention of their theme, which is basically for 2021, having your best year ever. And so I am coaching them in that membership every single month about something different kind of to tweak or to do with our finances. And so I wanted to let you guys in on one of the trainings that I did because I feel like it's very practical and it's quick, two good things, right? So without any further ado, here is my training on how to improve your budget with four simple practical steps. Hey guys, Stephanie Sims here, and I help women completely transform their financial life, typically in 90 days if you work with me as a budget client, but really just in general. And so we're on this theme of having your best year, and for me, I'm helping you have your best year financially. I'm gonna try not to rock. (laughs) I'm distracting. Um, And so in January, I talked about your money mindset and how important it is, number one, to realize that money mindset is a thing, but number two is to figure out what your money mindset is. Like, we all have one. Childhood um, drives a lot of that. And a lot of times we think, man, I can't get it together with my finances. You know, and we think we're in the driver's seat, but the truth is a lot of the stuff that happened, you know, in your childhood, as in your teenage years, how your parents talked about money, you know, people that you knew with money or without money, whether you liked them or not, all of this forms your money mindset and can really be in the driver's seat of your finances in the day-to-day life that you are living. And we don't really realize that. And so it's so important to realize if you have any money trauma, um, you know, and what your viewpoint on money just is. In February, we talked about tracking. You have to know your numbers. You absolutely have to know your numbers, because once you know your numbers, then you can make a plan, right? And so one of two things is gonna happen, and does happen when I work with my budget clients. Number one, they get all of their numbers out on paper, you know, balances, minimum payments, whatever. And one of two things happens. Number one, they look and they're like, man, this is a mess. Okay. But the second thing that happens is, oh man, I didn't realize, like this actually isn't as bad as I thought it was. Because a lot of times, you guys, what do we want to do? We want to like cover our eyeballs (laughs) and be like, I don't want to deal with this. The problem with that though, is that we do deal with it, right? And it manifests in different ways. We lose sleep at night, we stress, we snap at our family and our kids, like, we just we we feel very insecure financially. Even if we can pay our monthly payments, knowing that there's these big student loan debts, credit card debts, you know, you know that you kind of have this addiction to spending, you don't have a budget, it, there's really a lot of areas in your finances that are unchecked, that causes stress, right? And so even by not dealing with it, literally, we are actually dealing with it and physically, and it can take a toll on your health, absolutely. And so, how important it is because once you, that doesn't make any sense, once you know your numbers, then you can make a plan. Or I can make a plan for you, right? If you are so overwhelmed. But once you know your numbers, then you can make a plan. If you don't know your numbers, you're just guessing, you're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks. And so, step one of anything, you guys, is to know your numbers, come face to face with what you're dealing with so that you can make a plan. And then last week, or last month, we talked about what level financially you are in. You can be in, you can be surviving, where you're like nah, you barely have enough to get by. Um, You can be stable, you can be struggling, you can um, have a surplus within your money, you can be in the significance level where you are just have more than enough. And so there's six different levels you can find yourself in financially and I really walked through what each of those looks like so you can identify where you're at. Um, and then I, each, I also gave you guys some very specific resources depending on what level you're in to be able to just learn as much as you can in that level so that you're able to go on kind of to that next level. So if you haven't caught up on any of those videos, go back and listen to those so that you can get caught up. But today, you guys, today we're gonna to talk about four tips for practical budgeting and to really make a good budget because one of the biggest things as a financial coach that I run into is people don't really know how to do a good budget. It is a skill which is you know a skill is something that can be learned and it's something that I had to learn. I didn't have that skill five years ago or whatever Um, and so I want to really talk through a couple things that I want to make sure that you have in a budget and if you don't have these relook at it. All right. Number one, this is more mindset and the next three are practical. So the first thing is you have to start to see a budget as freeing and not restricting. And here's what I mean by this. A lot of people think I don't want to be on a budget because I have to tell myself no. (laughs) I don't like to tell myself no. I like to buy what I want when I want to get it. Um, And my kids, I don't want to to tell my kids no. I don't want to have to tell my husband no. And just FYI, there's a lot of mindset stuff here. If you grew up in a in a home when you were a child where you were told no a lot and you felt like you never had enough, then now as a grown woman trying to t- you telling your kids no makes you feel that like scarcity feeling, like I can't tell my kid no because I'm, then I don't want them to feel like that. It's none of that, okay? That's why it's so important to really understand kind of where your heart is and where your mind is with money and money mindset, but. Yes, when you create a budget, you have to tell yourself no, and your spouse no, and your kids no, and your friend and your mother and your sister. However, it's not a no period. It's not a no period. I'm going to tell you why. So when we sit down to make a budget, we sit down at our kitchen table with our spouse or by ourselves, depending on if we're married or not. And we say, okay, we value a weekly date night for X amount. We value an annual family vacation for X amount. We value, you know, organic food or this private preschool or, you know, I don't even know what, whatever else. Okay. These are the things that we value and they all fit within our income because we respect that our income has limits. And so then what happens is we put that budget away. We agree with it. All is good. And then we go to Target later that day. And you guys, we immediately get marketed to. We are the most Specifically marketed to generation that has ever existed. Like the fact that I just said Target, it's literally going to be on my phone. I guarantee when I scroll Facebook later, some kind of Target ad is going to pop up. And so, what I mean when I say that budgets are, are we do have to say no to ourselves, but it's not a no period. What I mean by that is when I go into Target, Stephanie, <laughs> my weakness is the dollar spot. The office aisle, and right now I'm—you um, can't see in this in this video—but I'm I'm like what four or five months pregnant uh, with my fifth baby, and so I don't need maternity clothes. This is my fifth go around, <laughs> okay, and so but they're still cute, right? And so what's happening is I walk into Target, and I want I see this dollar stuff, and it's all this cute stuff, and what I'm saying to myself is, no, Stephanie, you cannot have the dollar spot items because. You value a date night with your husband every week. Okay? So it's not this no period. It's this no because there is a higher priority. No, Stephanie, you cannot, you don't need another freaking highlighter <laughs> because you value putting X away for savings every single month. No, Stephanie, you cannot have this maternity outfit that you don't need, right? And it's not a need, it's truly a want because you value. I don't even know what, like whatever it is for you, that private preschool or, um, you know, eating organic or whatever that might be. And so if I spend this money in my budget, then I have lost, let's just say a hundred dollars. Let's say I like go for some target dollar spot items, some office aisle, office stuff, and then, you know, a maternity shirt. Let's say I spend a hundred dollars. Well, if I respect that my income has limits and I don't use credit cards to grow my income, that $100 has to come from somewhere. And it's not going to come from my bills. I have to pay my mortgage. I have to pay, you know, my phone bill. I have to pay my car bill. Like I have to pay all of these things. I don't have a car payment, but you know what I mean? And so where's it going to come from? It's going to come from the quote unquote excess, which typically falls in line with babysitters for date night, you know, that organic food we wanted, <laughs> the costs a little bit more, um, private preschool, whatever it might be like, that is what's going to eat it. Our savings for vacation, And then all of a sudden we turn around and it's like, well, shoot, we have not enough money or we're only putting away $50 in savings this month for vacation instead of $300 because we have spent on a whole bunch of useless crap. And so I like to see a budget as this like angel devil on your shoulder, right? It's kind of something to keep you in check with your finances. And so this is why a budget is really freeing and it's not restricting it's restricting us to say, no, you don't need all that scrap, right? You don't need all that stupid stuff that you're just impulsive in the moment and you want. But the second we buy it and we check out, we feel that buyer's remorse because we didn't need it and it didn't align with our values. So a budget is freeing you guys. It keeps us in check with our values and what is priority for us. So that's number one. Number two, you have to have fun money in your budget, you guys. (laughs) you absolutely have to have fun money in your budget. And I will go as far as to say, if you don't have fun money in your budget, you don't have a good budget. And I might even die on that hill. Now this can be anything. Okay. This can be $5 a week for you and your spouse. I'll just say that because it's just easier because my husband and I, um, it can be $5 a week. It can be $25 a week. It doesn't matter. Justin and I, when we were really getting out of debt, um, and we were kind of in the grind of it. I think we did about $10 a week for each of us, which ended up being, what about 80 bucks a month for fun money. And that would like get us a random coffee or Chipotle one day a week where we could go out at work, um, and get lunch, whatever it might be. Right. And so you have to have fun money. And if you have a really tight budget, that's okay. $5 a week, $5 a week. Two dollars a week. You can get like a Snickers, like whatever you can fit, it needs to be something. It needs to be something. Because here's what we do. You guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna relate this to roller coaster dieting. When we roller coaster diet, which so many of us have done, you know, whatever, or know someone that has, what happens is we get really motivated. Like, okay, we have goals. Like I, I'm done feeling tired all the time. I wanna lose some of this extra weight, I wanna whatever your motivation is for working out. And so what do we do? We're like, okay, I'm gonna, I haven't hit the gym in three months, but we're going five days a week. And you know, I've been living off of McDonald's, but now I'm gonna go off of like plain chicken and plain broccoli. Well, okay, that lasts for like three days, right? It lasts for three days, why? Because we can't keep up with it. Number one, we're so sore, we can't even think straight because we just hit the gym three days straight and did like CrossFit, right, or Insanity. (laughs) We didn't start small. Um, and then, you know, we're just playing chicken and broccoli all day and nobody can keep up with that. No one. Why? Because it's not, it's, it's just not sustainable because we want something. Like we want that piece of chocolate. (laughs) We want that ice cream. We want the chips and queso. And so what happens is we go really hard for like three days and then we realize I can't sustain this. And so instead of kind of like tweaking it and saying, okay, well, let's do chicken and broccoli for three days. And the other days, let's just do, you know, I don't even know what. Instead of tweaking it, typically we're like, screw it. We're going to Mexican. I'm going to get a margarita chips and queso. We're going to do the whole thing. I'm done with this budget, not for me. Or diet, right? We've all kind of done that (laughs) before. Well, the exact same thing happens with our budget. The same thing. We say, we get really excited. We have some big goals. Oh, let's get out of debt. Oh, let's save for this. Oh, we want to start giving um, money to kids colleges, whatever it might be. And so we're like, sweet, this is our income, let's pay our bills. And then we have, let's say we have $300 left over, $300 is gonna go straight to debt payoff. Well, here's a quote that I loved in 2020 that I kept with me. Long-term consistency beats short-term intensity. Long-term consistency beats short-term intensity. And if you're impulsive like I am, (laughs) that was very helpful for me. So what can we do? that is gonna make this budget sustainable or make that diet sustainable. It is small steps. Number one, small wins. But number two, you gotta have some breathing room. You gotta have some room for that chips and queso and you gotta have some room for you know a fun, some fun money. And so the second biggest mistake I kinda see when people create a budget is they get really excited about goals, financial goals and hitting them, which is wonderful, but we forget to be realistic. And so you gotta have some fun money. So number one, understanding why, like really to your core, why a budget is freeing and not restricting. Number two, you got to have fun money. You got to have some fun money built in for both you and your spouse. doesn't matter how small it is. It doesn't matter if that, you know, $100 a month takes away from your bottom line as far as like debt payoff goes. It doesn't matter. If you want to stick with this for longer than like a couple paychecks, you got to have some fun built in. Okay. Number three, Um, you have to budget for the season that you were in, right? Like a budget is a working document. It is not set in stone when you sit down on January 1st or whenever, it is not set in stone. For example, in the winter, our budget for like fast food and kind of going out to eat and that kind of thing is way, way lower than it is in the spring. In the spring, if you don't know, I have four little boys (laughs) and one on the way. And so spring, you guys, they're all in sports. One of them's in two sports. And so I'm like, I know I'm gonna need some help from McDonald's, like I know this. (laughs) I know that I'm gonna be running through Chipotle. I know that I'll probably be like, you know, cave and and wanna coffee. And so that is what I am going to do. And so I know going into spring season that my fast food budget, going out to eat budget or whatever is going to go up because I'm just not at home enough to cook every single meal, right? And let me just say, that is fine totally fine. And some people think that it's, um, and, and I just know this based on conversations with my clients, they feel like that's irresponsible. <laughs> like, okay, but I even, you know, I'm a stay at home mom. So like, I should be able to cook all this stuff or at least prepare all of these meals and whatever. And if I up my, uh, going out to eat budget by a hundred dollars this month, that means like a hundred dollars less that we're paying off debt. And I listen, <laughs> listen, we have to take into account our energy. I like, I, I forget that too, right? Like I get really balls to the wall and I'm like ready to run. And I forget that energy is a limited resource, mental, emotional, physical. It doesn't matter. Especially if you are a stay-at-home mom, especially if you're a working mom, it doesn't matter the entire freaking pendulum, right? We have limits and we are human and that's okay. A lot of times we're surprised by that. We're surprised that we are human (laughs) and that we have limits. And so it is okay to need help outside of your own two hands. If you cannot cook every single night because you know what? You just need a freaking break. It's fine. And so for this season, for spring, you're right. We are not paying an extra $100 on the car this month honey (laughs) because we're we're investing in wendy's you know what i mean and so it is responsible as long as you are not using a credit card to kind of up your income if you are still sticking within your income and respecting that it has limits it is still responsible to sway that extra 100 dollars for debt payoff into fast food because guess what when the summer hits and you guys are hanging at home, playing outside in the backyard, and, you know, they're eating strawberries and peanut butter and jellies because there's no school and whatever else, right? That $100 can swing back to debt payoff. And so as long as you're working your puzzle kind of within the parameters that is set within your income, it is responsible, okay? Now, obviously, you want to have seasons where you're really going hard at debt, and it's not all, you know, McDonald's and whatever else. So there's some discernment there, but it's okay to recognize the season that you're in. Like, honestly, this summer, it's we're not as busy, but I'm about to have a baby. So like, bring on the Chipotle, still. So we might have a prolonged season. And the thing is, is that if you understand that your budget is a working document, you guys, then it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if I need to say, you know what? We actually need some more help, X, Y, Z. You name the place, okay? Um, because this season, I'm way more tired than I thought I was gonna be or we're on the road a lot more or whatever it might be, right? Um, and so your budget is a working document. Justin and I, we sit down about every three months, like literally at season change to figure out if what we have down on paper is still working for us. And sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. That's, that's pretty much it, okay? So it's okay to change it, stay within your limits, and you're good to go. Last thing that I wanna say, um, number four, is that a good budget, oftentimes, not always, has a household fund. I call it a household fund. So let's say you're getting out of debt, um, and let's say you have $1,000 in your savings, and you are paying off debt, okay? Pretty standard. Well. What I like to do is have a $200 household fund in savings also. So if you looked at your savings account, you would see $1,200 in there. 1,000 of that is kind of your emergency fund, You're just basic, really kind of smaller than it should be, but fine when you're paying off debt, emergency fund. And then there's an extra $200 in there that is for your household fund. And this has been just a game saver, uh, game saver, <laughs> nope, game changer, for my clients because what do you do when you have budgeted almost every like dollar somewhere, right? What do you do when like you're cooking dinner and your spatula breaks? Or what do you do when your it's been three months and your furnace filter needs changed? Or what do you do when you know your faucet's leaking and you need to go buy an $80 faucet? That's not part of the that's not part of the budget, right? Because it's kind of these expenses that are expected because things break, furnace filters need changed, um, you know things happen, whatever. But they're kind of unexpected because they happen randomly. And so, where does that come from? When I need a new spatula or I need a new furnace filter, like where does that come from? And so, we have we as in me and my budget clients typically have built in a household fund for those expected but unexpected expenses. And if you think about what your savings is for, what is your savings for? Your savings, especially if you are actively paying off debt, your savings is basically a buffer between life that happens, flat tire, you know, sick visit for your kid, that kind of thing, life, and your debt payoff plan and your financial goals. And so that $1,000 emergency fund, um, though it's not an adequate emergency fund for like in general, when you are debt free, it's enough for if you if you don't have any extenuating circumstances, like a kid with special needs, higher medical issues, whatever that might be. Typically, this will get you through. <laughs> Not all the time, but typically. Um, and so adding that $200 household fund just gives you more of a buffer between things that just happen with homeownership and again, your debt payoff plan and your financial goals. Okay. So having a household fund is something that is really really important and really has been a lifesaver for my clients. Now, um, what was I going to say? Oh, you can either as you're starting to kind of get your your finances organized, you can just put a bulk $200 in there. Or you can be like 25 bucks a month. I'm just putting this in my household fund as it needs, as you need to take money from it, you just replace it, you know, whatever. However that works for you is fine. I'm not going to micromanage on this video on how you do that. But having that fund to pull from is very, very helpful. Um, Okay. So number one, a budget is freeing and not restricting. Number two, budget for the season that you are in. And number three, miscellaneous money. You got to have fun money. I have my notes down here. That's why I keep looking away. (laughs) And number four, your household fund. So, all right, you guys, um, I hope that you really enjoyed this video and I will talk to you soon okay, you guys, I hope you were able to take at least one thing away from that that you would be able to apply to your finances today or tomorrow or whenever. Um, And so I just wanted to talk really quickly, if you don't know who I am, or you're new to kind of my what I what I do and, and how I help support women and their families and their finances, I am a budget coach. And so I do have this 90 day of budget coaching that I do. It's kind of the cream of the crop of what I do. There is an there's amazing, amazing results. I'm in the process right now of like, gathering numbers for the amount of debt that we have paid off together in these 90 days, the amount of cars that have been paid off, credit cards that have been paid off, student loans that have been paid off, like savings that have been built. There is just some something amazing that happens when you can gain some clarity on your finances and then come alongside a coach that will help you stay accountable and also help you kind of work through the emotional side that you will go through when you kind of start this financial journey to become to becoming financially free. And so I am a budget coach. I will link to that in the show notes, but if you want to go to Sims Arrows, S-I-M-S Arrows.com slash budget coaching, there's more information. That's Sims com slash budget coaching. And then second... I have a monster of a money mindset course, and it's called Entrusted with Her Finances. It is like five modules, 25 lessons. It's over six hours of audio training. And in this, we really, really, really dig deep. We figure out what your money story is. Is there any money trauma there? Could that be manifesting as something else? We also talk about how like in your childhood, how a lot of the things that you heard about money, the way your parents spoke about money different experiences you had with people who had money and didn't have money, how that's really shaping a lot of your financial decisions today. We go into why people really love to be in debt. There's a whole module about being in debt and what that looks like because, you know, people are like, well, no, I actually hate being in debt. Well, okay. We also hate not having energy. We hate You know, having mental fogginess. We hate, um, you know, whatever it might be about our health, but we love that chips and queso, right? We love that good margarita. We love all of these things. And so it's the same thing with debt, you guys. Like, we don't like that feeling of being under this weight of debt, but we like to buy what we wanna buy when we wanna buy it. And that is an emotional thing. Um, that needs to be worked through. There's some physiological stuff happening there. And so we really work through that in a module. We also have a whole module about what you owe your children financially. And we talk a lot about trying to overcompensate for your childhood, trying to replicate your childhood. You know, what are motives behind the reasons you are spending, the way you're spending on your kids? And we kind of get real in this module. And we really get to the, get to the, um, the bottom of what we actually owe our children financially. And then the last two episodes are really about the importance of passive income and what that is, and then ultimately how we build wealth and how our wealth can make such a generational impact for world change. And so anyways, I will link to that in the show notes also that you can find more information at simsarrows.com slash yes. So simsarrows.com slash yes. If you are someone who is like, listen, I've done this budget thing. I've rollercoaster budgeted enough. I feel like I know what to do when it, you know, it all looks good on paper when I do it, but I can't seem to follow through for whatever reason, girl, that is a money mindset issue. And so I would look into my course and trusted with your finances. So, all right, guys, I hope that you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I look forward to walking with you to help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace.